Hi, everyone. This is Off Meta, a podcast about Star Wars, X-Wing, and anything I really care about. I'm Steven, aka Rathos, and I'm your host today. And today I'm joined by Paul Heaver. Paul Heaver is the three-time X-Wing world champion. So he is actually, objectively, the the greatest of all time X-Wing player. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. Yep. Uh, and I said it and it can't be taken back. So that's just the truth now. Yep. How how are you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I mean, those three times were like ten, nine, and eight years ago. So you know, I'm past my prime, but I'm still winning things occasionally. So that's yeah, good. yeah. They can't take that away from you, though. So mm-hmm. you know, actually, though, like it's you like you say that. Oh, uh, you know, ten years ago, but like you're still like top fouring and top cutting a bunch of a bunch of stuff. Um, and I would say, I would say you fly a lot of off-meta stuff, anyways. So, or like, I mean, you've kind of always flown counter-meta, but like, especially in the last couple of years, I've like the, the less I've seen you bring are like really like under the radar. So, yeah, and sometimes they work out, and sometimes they don't. You know. Like the last one uh, at LSO, uh, Lone Star Open in Texas, worked out really well because I targeted Han and I played Rebels every single round and all all rounds but one were against a uh, a Falcon. So I was like, okay, well, this targeting worked perfectly. Does that get boring uh, that was... for you? Because I know that you've basically been playing since the beginning of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, effectively. Um, the game was uh, probably about six months old when i started so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but so so but, like yeah sorry go ahead but no no i mean all the games were, were i mean i won the game so they were super fun yes but, <laughs> uh, but but no the you can play the same list and especially now in in 2.5 with the way that we have different scenarios and there's there's lots of different interesting setups and everything that happen and slight variations in the list that people are playing. So even if you're playing it kind of the same way, it's it's always interesting because there's, mm-hmm. there's still always many, many decisions that you got to make. Mm-hmm. You can't just autopilot things anymore and just just win off the strength of uh, off the list. Yeah. Right. Well, and like, I guess because, I mean, I don't want to like make it sound like you're like, you know, it's just like you've just been doing it forever. But like, you know, 10 years is a long time. To be playing x-wing right um it is a not, very long time yes. <laughs> not that i'm like much b- farther behind you like it's like i mean if i started in 2016 and so like it's been like six years seven years for me which is still a long time but like man like a decade of x-wing is is a lot and and so maybe i'm like i'm just trying to like see like because you've been playing and it's not that like you know a lot of us have like these legacy games that we just play forever does it does it feel does it feel like uh monotonous or routine when like you play some of these matchups or i mean i I guess maybe because you said like you know it can be so maybe like i guess in 2.0 because there i knew that like you know especially towards the end of 2.0 um like turn zero had been basically kind of figured out and a lot of the list building kind of determined you know matchup percentages very confidently a lot of the times um i guess my question is 
do you do you did you feel that that was like stifling to the game and then when 2.5 happened like did that re- revigorate or did it feel more of the same like kind of like what's your perspective on that so yeah that's actually really interesting the um so back in the day back in my day no uh, perfect the um the old like i don't know maybe late 1.0 time frame that was probably when it was the most boring when um and even then like we still had fun we just didn't know how much better it could be but uh back back then like you'd have a lot of um variants kind of knocked out of the game like you'd be playing you know your auto thrusters and your uh, expertise or whatever the the cards were that you know basically made everything always hits and always evades and everything good old guidance chips all that stuff i don't even remember half the cards anymore that we use thank god <laughs> but uh but yeah and you get to the point where it's like okay well miranda's here uh, I'm just going to move here and slam bomb there. And then that guy's going to die. Okay, cool. And, you know, then you just, and I'm going to shoot my twin laser turrets and I'm going to get two hits and there's nothing you can do about it. Okay, cool. And, and then unless you go against like the list that, you know, you can't do anything against and you're like, okay, well I'll do all this and nothing will happen because he's happened to be playing the, you know, anti list of me. Oh, sucks to be me. Like mm-hmm. that was that was probably the worst time of it when right. when it got the, especially at high level play it got the most boring. The weird thing was it was super popular then at that point probably possibly because of the start of um, you know we had the sequels and everything so that was yeah the probably one of the more more popular times to be playing the game. But yeah, at the high end it was not very good after a while. But uh, but yeah, no then then two came out and basically the more the more times that they make us make decisions, they being the designers, then mm-hmm. uh, then the better the game gets because we make more mistakes then. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you get to try to recover from whatever dumb thing you just did. All right. So, I mean, I have a, like, I have a bunch of follow-ups from that, from that statement. Okay. The, the idea that, because, okay, so I have, like, what you were describing, right, the end of 1.0, like, really resonated with me of the idea of what some people say has been lost is that X-Wing is like chess or supposed to be like chess or that's what they love about X-Wing is that it's like chess. And chess is a zero variance game, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I I mean, I also played, you know, towards the end of 1.0 as well. And I, I, I agree with you. The variance part of X-Wing was being pushed out due to a lot of very powerful undercosted upgrades um and some pilot abilities that were also kind of bonkers but yeah. but it was very strongly the list building determined 90 percent of the matchup and then as long as you played effectively and you knew how to execute it a lot of the times it was you know just play the pieces you know do the do the order of operations one straight your way to victory you know, uh, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff usually ended up, you know, very easily. And I guess that would, that would explain why, like you, you would say that at the, t- at the top level, it would be very boring. Right. Um, yeah. or not, not, maybe not fun is better, better way to describe it. Because maybe for some people like the, 
the list construction of all that, that's what makes it more exciting. But the actual play oh, yeah. was was boring, right? Yeah, for some people, that's that's the fun part is sitting around with the list builder open and then kind of taking it to the table and seeing, uh, you know, running it on autopilot effectively and, and being like, yep, my, yeah. you know, we're playing auto chess or auto, you know, whatever the yeah. things are. And, and hey, look, my list won. Cool. Yeah. Like creating a Rubo Colbrook machine and then turning it on to the world and seeing how it does is the fun part. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. For some people, that's that's their thing. And yeah. Right. But I guess then, well, I mean, so <laughs> I don't know if it's fair. I guess it's, I guess it, people can't really argue against my, my, this point. Although I f don't, don't feel like, I don't feel it's a fair argument to make, but I'm going to make it anyways, which is that as, as the three time world champion, you might know a thing or two about, you know, what makes the game work at a high level. Right. Um, I, I hope so. Yes. Yeah. And so, because I have the same opinion, right? It's it's like not, it's just that like you know you want to have variance because you want if things are if things are perfectly clear, then you're not really playing the person, you're playing the, the, the scenario, right? And if it's a losing scenario where you cannot win, then that's not a fun mm -hmm. experience, right? There must be some agency that's that has to be brought in for the player. So yeah, yeah, that that's um. That's actually yeah the agency word is yeah the the big word there, because um, yeah like in in chess you know saying hey X wing is space chess or whatever, mm -hmm. um, in in chess if you go up against like a grandmaster you're gonna lose, mm -hmm. if you're like a master level like there's there's a little too much determination like if you're playing outside of your league like you're you're gonna get crushed or you're gonna be bored out of your skull while you're crushing people. Mm -hmm. like that's that's not a thing we want in x-wing because you know the the variation in levels is is so much like in in play strength and you know you want mm -hmm. the the dad who plays once a week at most or once a month you know that rolls into his his shop for a local store championship to still want to go there and play and not just mm -hmm. get crushed four times like he, he has to he has to feel like he's you know even if he plays the best player in the shop and loses to him, he has to be like, oh, if I, if I just, you know, naddied out on that one roll that he, you know, blocked me there and, and he blanked out, I, it would have turned everything around. Like, there has to be a chance, basically, is what I'm saying. Otherwise, the people will get bored. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. If you think, do you think that because it's, do you think at the highest levels, right, um, that 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 the deterministic element takes away from the game or adds to it? Like, so because in two point five, like we we've seen uh, basically that that you know a lot of the, there's a lot of randomness or like not randomness, but like more variance put into, especially with the matchups and that kind of stuff, and that has an impact. But we're not really seeing a big change in who are the top players. In, in the game mm -hmm. and so you know i guess like for a lot of people i guess the argument would be that if you know if x-wing is ch like chess that means that is entirely skill-based and then that's why it's that's why chess is good right but i mean i guess the evidence isn't contrary to that to that hypothesis is that is that fair to say 
He uh, kind of. Um, so in addition to the variants that they've added to the game where like things die or, you know, and, and mm -hmm. or, or not, you know, depending on how lucky you are, there's they also added a lot of decision making things with, hey, are you going after the, the objectives? Are you going after the ships? Like, um, you know, what? Are you hedging your bets on on a road roll going against you? You know, or, or are you like going all in on moving second? Like, there's there's a lot of interesting decisions you can make to kind of control your your uh, exposure to the variance. And if they made it so that there was like very low variance and all these decisions, then again, like people would probably get kind of annoyed and bored as they get crushed all the time or we're crushing all the time like without too much difficulty like if you had old 1.0 suntiers and and jump masters and junk running around in the current like 2.5 objective based things i mean i don't know that it would be awful but i have a feeling it would be awful because you it'd be even more deterministic than it was at the time right Right. I mean, 1.0 also had just its fair share of inherently uh, NP experience, like just things that were just straight up not fun. In in even if it wasn't good, it was just not fun to play against, right? Um, yeah. Blind, blind, dead. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Or, or Kylo's just like you're blind now. You're blind again, uh, and and that's old 1.0 blind a pilot that doesn't let you shoot for a round. So he just yeah. time walks you twice, and then you're dead. Yeah. 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 Straight, straight up, straight up stun lock. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, just there's like a lot of stuff. Even like the the triple upsilon meta, like that's like a great example of like, oh, this is um this is a totally beatable, but nobody wants to ever see that list yeah. do well. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah, now yeah. that now that the points are are online, they can kind of like fix that if uh if something is no fun they can they don't even have to ban it they just price it to the point where it's not only is it no fun but now it's it's not even winning anything like yeah. or, or even doing even remotely well like you don't see like the the most un, one of the most unfun things i can think of is tyranny now the sure the fo shuttle that that says hey you don't you're not friends with your friends anymore sure and sure. like tyranny is so priced out of the game like <laughs> Tyranny seems like something that, you know, you're like, hey, this is a good idea. And then you're like, oh, this is a terrible idea, but we've already printed it. Okay, well, well I don't know. I don't know if she's a, uh, I don't know if she's priced out of the game. She's certainly not, um, she's not competitive with the rest of the faction. Because I think, oh, yeah, I think that like, if the, if, if other cards were not so if efficient in FO, then I think Tyranny would see a lot of play because just having um, the, uh, X, XI shuttle, Z shuttle. I think that's the right word, right? Z shuttle, um, Z or she or something. Like yeah, I, I I call it Z, I guess, or, yeah. or Zai. Yeah. Zai shuttle. The the the, the Chai. I don't know. I've heard little, it called like a million different things. The little guy, the little guy shuttle. Um, that one. Yeah. Um, not the big boy. So I've you know just having that shuttle, just a lot of times it's just really good. Just being able to have access to coordinate, um, as a support ship would be really good, but. FO hasn't needed a support ship since the 2.5 re repointing because every single one of their TIE fighters seems to be either borderline broken or just straight up broken in terms of like power level. 
when it comes to I the mean, point I toss. I don't particularly agree with that. Like FO is is powerful, has powerful tie fighters, but I wouldn't say broken. I'm I'm being a little hyper hyperbolic. Yeah. Well, you got to be for the listeners, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything is trash and everything is broken. Yep. Speaking no, of, um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, for for uh, for FO, like, I mean, if you made Tierney like a point cheaper, like she'd see a ton more play, and everyone would be miserable because, yeah, yeah she she'd be like, hey, um, you know, uh, I'm thinking of the list I've been playing a lot of, you know, the triple arcs and and all that. Hey, oddball, you're no longer friends with anybody. Selfless turns off. Jags not getting locks on you. Ha ha ha. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff's happening, and I don't even have to be anywhere near you for all this awful stuff to happen. Like, do you think? Do you think that 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 card would be better if it had a range restriction? Man, I don't even know. Mm. Maybe, maybe if she had to be in the fight to to mm. do all this negative stuff, because it's the the same. It's always the same thing that leads to all NPE uh, card effects. Is that? There's no agency, right? You have no way to yeah. manage that, which is inherently what's the problem with with tyranny to begin with, right? Is that mm-hmm. just just by running up against it, suddenly a part of your your list and most likely a key part since they choose is the is completely broken, right? And it's like, yeah. oh, now things are just not fun anymore, right? But but maybe if like you had some control over it, it's like, oh, if it's a range control, then it's like, oh well, I can decide. I have some I have some control over when that engagement is going to happen, when my ability is going to get turned off, when it's not going to get turned off. I could set myself away from from her. You know, I can do that. That, that just goes into the decision matrix as opposed mm-hmm. to it being, you know, a straight up. Oh, OK, I just don't get to think anymore on this because all of these things are just broken now. Yeah, it's like the old uh, Dengaru when Manaru had uh, infinite range to her um, back in 1.0 days and like the only thing you could fight was Dengaru because Manaru or Dengar because Manaru just ran off all the time and ran away from you and just passed tokens to Dengar and Dengar was impossible to hurt and yes. just double tapped you every round. Yeah. Yeah. Why did we even, why did we even think 1.0 <laughs> was fun? <laughs> it was fun. Uh, if everything is broken, then nothing is right. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But, but, but then it, you go against like the one, one poor person who brought in like some normal X wings or something. And was like, Hey, yeah. uh, I just got into this game and you're like, Oh, I'm very sorry. Yeah. All right. Can I get a spicy take from you? Do you feel, uh, uh do you feel, do you feel, uh, the loss of, uh, generics in X wing is a big deal? No, not at all. <laughs> Tell I'm, tell I'm tell everyone not. why. Tell everyone why. Um, God, I hated ever like so. I've I've been I've done well with generic heavy lists, but like like um, let's see. The last one I did really well with was uh Separatists actually with Droid Swarm with uh mm-hmm. Chertek leading yeah. them. Uh, that that did really well, and I don't know. It's just if we're trying to get towards i guess smaller numbers of ships that are more impactful which it definitely seems like what they're trying to do is because i mean have you ever seen an eight ship list on the board recently i don't i haven't not since since the last points update yeah so so they're definitely trying to go to a lower number of ships and and more impactful 
rounds and everything stuff happens and it's more exciting yeah like i don't know generics were always in when they were relevant they were always either completely the right choice or completely the wrong choice like it's like okay hey look i'm bringing five proton rocket inquisitor ties like okay cool or i think that was a thing right was it five was it six i forget exactly how many (laughs) inquisitor ties you ended up bringing in in that list it was it was a number it was a number of rockets and it wasn't fun yeah yes here's here's my five interlocking interweave rocket field have fun walk into this i mean yeah um even in 2.0 didn't we have um three inquisitors and lambda shuttle as well uh there was yeah stuff like that um we had uh we had what that other thing with the nantexes too during that summer of nantex oh yeah the the summer of suffering yes (laughs) so so i'm i'm happy to see them go because i mean yeah amg is going to screw up on on some ships and make them too powerful but if uh if they're not going to screw up on like i don't know um the the wookie ship or whatever generic and be like oh look we made it like three points now and now all of a sudden there's like six wookie ships coming at you or something like they're not going to do anything like that so mm-hmm. like play- if they screw up on like wolfero no one's going to care true i mean like, we're never going to see we're never going to see the wookie gunship well, ever again yeah well think. we'll never see them because it's extended but uh but yeah if we I'm just remembering some of the the dumb things that were like Loric and uh, and all that. And like if sure if they screw up on on Keo, for example, then yeah, Keo gets to show up in a lot of lists. Yeah. Like Boy Luke is probably the most popular ship in the game, but is that bad to have <laughs> Luke show up a lot? Yeah, yeah. It is X-wing. Like true. It, it does mean that when people come by, like that was great during Nova. Like people would come by and just stop and be like oh look it's it's star wars and be like yeah this is x-wing the blah 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 and like here's basic the the play like these people are setting dials they don't know what the other guy's setting and then they like go in order of like this player initiative thing and then you know if you got shots you you know shoot ships down and they're like oh that's cool and like you can give them the the quick elevator pitch and they see hey it's a bunch of x-wings versus a bunch of tie fighters you'll be like that's luke over there fighting darth vader oh cool i know who those are if yeah. you're like that's uh nim and miranda fighting dengar and manaru they'll they'll be like what what is this even is this is... yeah well i mean some people know who these are but yeah i, I get your point it's like if you want a, yeah. a casual to come in for and really invest in this game easier if they feel a strong emotional connection to the to the content to the ip right mm-hmm. do you yeah so i have a I have a question about, so I know obviously like you're dominant in X-Wing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say that even, you know, overwhelmingly dominant in X-Wing and have been for sure. a long time. Um, I'll, I'll take it. Sure. Do, do you play, is there any, like what other games do you play other than X-Wing? Uh, well, are, are you dominant in those as well? As, and that's the follow-up. Not, not particularly. I, like I don't put as much time in them as other stuff. Like in in real life, let's see. My my secondary game is now Armada. It used to be Imperial Assault, but then Imperial Assault died. So now I've been playing some Armada as my like, you know, side side game there. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Armada is super fun. Um, the, the so Armada has some problems, which is one of the reasons why I don't get too serious about it. But uh, but like their, I swear their biggest problem that they could fix so easily that X-wing figured out is put all of your points values on an app. Ignore the points on the cards. Just clear them off the cards so they're not printed. So because Armada still has points printed on all their cards, mm-hmm. and it's like there are just some things that are just super dominant in Armada that have been dominant for a long, long time. And it's like, oh my God, just get rid of these things. Just point them up. And it's like, oh, they can't point them up. Whatever, ban them. I don't care. Get rid of onagers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the, the things they did, and every single war game I've ever played, I, I'm sure there's some someone's listening that's going to be like, oh, but what about this you know weird one that I've never heard of? But every war game that I've played that has put in any kind of long distance artillery piece yeah. in, in the game, like no matter if it's a fantasy game, a like futuristic game, whatever it is, anytime you get, uh, hey, we're going to put artillery in our game, it's always screwed up the game. So they put artillery right. effectively in, um, in uh, Armada, and I've hated all of the artillery pieces that they, well, they, they only have one artillery piece in Imperial. Right. And, uh, and I just hate it. Absolutely hate it. I guess, yeah, okay. Republic had, now has a, a shorter artillery piece, but still. Just anytime, uh, I think we've had problems in other like Star Wars games. I think Legion had some of the problems. I know, I know Imperial Assault had problems with it, with just things, pieces that can shoot much farther than the standard level of most pieces. Right. And it's like, if you have these snipers or artillery pieces or whatever you want to call them that shoot way too far, yeah, yeah. that you know, it's it's miserable. Like it's it's like if. Um, I mean, they got rid of trajectory simulator for a similar reason because it lets you mm-hmm. do things way too far. But uh, but yeah, that's my that's my rant against artillery pieces in games okay. and how they shouldn't be there. So, so what you're saying is, if if AMG ever makes a range four attack, you know that they're trying to kill the game. Yeah, that, they're just trying to get rid of it. That, like that's if, the uh, that's the canary in the coal mine. Yeah, if if Epic starts being like, here's here's. Uh, like range five and range four attacks that you can play in your standard games. I'll be like, nope, I'm out. That's once 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 we get those. And also, people are just going to knock all kinds of things over when you were like trying to figure out if I got bullseye at range five with my super duper cannon thing, mm-hmm. whatever do thing you, that is. Do you do you think that um, this is like I have a hypothesis that um, if you that if you price them correctly, you could put uh, epic ships in standard. Do you think that that do you think that I'm crazy? You're a little crazy, but not not as crazy as you think you might be. Like that'd be because I've seen games do that. Like um, Armada has um, the Super Star Destroyer. Like if you're playing a Super Star Destroyer, that's your list. That's yeah. You, you pop it on the board. That's your thing. Um, the old um, BattleTech um, uh, Click game by uh, WizKids had mm-hmm. um, uh, the, this big Atlas. Like if you're a BattleTech person, you know, like, hey, this is this mm-hmm. giant thing, and if that was your list, you just plop it down in the middle of the board. And you're like, come, come at me, sure. I'm I'm a giant atlas that's just gonna slowly walk towards you and shoot you. Like if you do those kind of things right, you can do them well. But I'm not sure if the board size will let you though, with how mm-hmm. big the board is. Like you might need to be in some kind of weird six by three board instead of a three by three board to just to make it more interesting rather than because 
on a three by three board, if you plop down an epic ship, like it's just going to go, okay, well, I'm here and I'm taking up, you know, a third of the board. And next turn, I'm in the center and then I'm over here. And then, like, there's, there's not a lot of places it can go, really, is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Like, mm-hmm. not, not as many choices as I think you could make. Right. But I think it would be super interesting if you can figure out a way to do it to have like a yeah this is they kind of tried doing that with um vader defender make a a super piece that's so strong that you know if you play it you have to do something about it as the opponent right and that was that's kind of interesting but yeah x-wing somewhat falls apart if you're like hey here's this 15 point ship say that is somewhat impervious to damage and can and fight your entire mm-hmm. list like because especially in objectives like you know you have to give them double actions natively or do some weird thing i don't know well because like you know the the epic rules i uh, there's like the, the three the three people who are who are playing epic are like getting their hands together like yeah oh, whoa this is I, juicy let's have them um i've played like 10 games of uh 2.0 epic yeah like I think that. so. I played a decent amount. I liked it. Yeah, I think that like because so like if you think of like the stat line of a Gazanti, right, and you compare it to a Decimator, it's actually not that far off from each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously the Gazanti has like recurring shields, and that's like a big problem. Um, and you're right, like they can't really maneuver as well. Um, they but like stat line wise, I feel like there if a, with a little bit of tweaking, you could get it to a power level that is justifiable if it was like a 12 point or 13 point ship but and because it's so big like the difference between that and like a vader defender is that um the vader defender is problematic also because you can't shoot it and you can't find it right like yeah you're, you're never gonna get arc dodged by a gazanti yeah yeah yes exactly gazanti is going to get pummeled by the entire list every single turn so even though it has recurring shields like the stat because the stat line is not super crazy you could conceivably destroy it and you have to like you have to plan around there's some strategy around like oh i can't just dive in i have to actually think about how i want to approach even though that approach is going to be more like okay it's gonna i'm gonna be here here and here and that's where i'm gonna be like there's no it's not like i'm it's not like i can adjust midway like i'm kind of committed to a line right but like mm-hmm. you know, that turn zero is very important because you're going to figure out what that line is, right? Um, uh, it does change the game dramatically in terms of like the 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 turn zero, turn one, turn two setup, right? Um, yeah. But I also think that that like potentially could be really interesting, right? Because like one of the big ways to shake it up in terms of game styles is like you know oh well I know how to fly against other ships. What happens when there's like a big single target, right? If my list you know, does, doesn't have enough firepower and is just focused on surviving, then will it be able to survive the onslaught of, of an epic ship, right? Um, yeah, like, it'd be... I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't be interesting to fight, like, a... I don't know, like, a 17-point CR-90 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be kind of... That'd be kind of a fun and interesting thing to do, but I don't know. The The question is, is it fun for the player base to to have CR90s and Gazantis and stuff in the in the mix. Maybe it is. I don't know. Like yeah. I, we'd have to we'd have to see what they did to it. Yeah. I think all those epic ships would be super interesting if they were um SLs only for the most part. 
or maybe yeah. like some kind of weird yeah or or some kind of weird mix between sls and and not at like if you had an sl card but you had like one or two slots for it effectively where you could put in a card yeah. into, like a something different like a partial so SL have a little bit with, tuning. yeah because yeah. because the real problem with the real problem with epic is that it's not really balanceable because it's just there are so many broken things that you can throw into it like attacking six times in a turn right um yeah uh yeah the the interesting parts of um epic when i played games with it was you know do you concentrate on doing the range five attacks stupid artillery or do you concentrate <laughs> on doing you were or not like a lower range but more attacks like you were getting like yeah. six attacks at range two to three or something like yeah. that and yeah you're just tearing up things so that was kind of an interesting like which way do you go kind of kind of thing yeah so yeah like if it was if it was that it was like mostly standardized with maybe one or two upgrades then you could just build around having something that was long range or short range and then you know it was a known quantity so people can actually like meta test against it right mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it'd be interesting i i don't know if it'd be fun or not for for most people so yeah like i would i i'd certainly i'd enjoy playing against it sometimes but yeah, yeah if it was like you know one game per tournament was against a, a cr90 and you're like oh this is okay cool let's let's see how this works yeah that'd be cool but if like four games were against cr90 that'd be a lot less cool like, yeah yeah like if you if you run four games against rebels and they're all slightly different rebel lists like you can be like okay cool let's do this and here and this you know he has the slight difference and we're doing this scenario so it's a little different but if it's just one big ship there, you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm getting bored of this. This is mm -hmm. not, not very exciting. If it's everyone is showing up with it, because there's not as much variation in how to play against it. Like, like mm -hmm. you were saying, it's kind of a, a puzzle you have to solve. Yeah, you know that that you're like, okay, let's figure out if if I have the right solution here, at, at from turn zero on, and then once you kind of solve it, you're like, okay, well, here, let's solve it again. <laughs> I mean. You know, some people, I mean, I guess it's like up to players. I think for me, the the main problem I've always had with Epic is that it's dramatically longer than a standard game of X-Wing. And mm -hmm. I just, X-Wing's already a long game, man. It's it's not short, just despite what people want to say about it. It is it is always excessively long. Um, 75 minutes goes pretty quick when you're playing. Oh no no I'm not not saying when you're in it I'm just but I'm saying like you know you want to time commit to to X-wing like games of magic are like 30 30 minutes right or or 5 if depending on what the blowout looks like but yeah but um but yeah like a standard game of X-wing you know will basically never go under an hour right like it's very rare for games to go under an hour right they have to you basically have to destroy someone and then maybe it's 30 minutes 35 minutes something like that um, yeah, yeah, I've I've seen like forty five minute games, and they they have not they were not pretty. Yeah, <laughs> someone got absolutely destroyed and did horrible wrong decisions. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you? What's your like? Hmm, do you like book? Not like? Do you do you end up like crushing people usually? Like, uh, you know, like what's your st stance against uh, when you're playing against new players? Oh. <laughs> If you're playing against a new player in like a non-tournament type setting and you just absolutely destroy them, then you're a bad person. Don't do that. <laughs> like, 
play do, um, play a weaker list like do something to to give them a, a chance to to actually play the game and interact with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't break out you know break out your bad scum list or something you know don't don't use your han and, and luke like put them off to the side do you ever roll up against a, a new player and uh and then play them and then like they get to find out later that you, that they, they got beat by the world champion does that ever happen to you uh it, it has yes as as time goes on yeah more and more people like you know were not here in seven years ago or longer so yeah you you know you you don't get the same people that know who you are or anything like that so i right. keep it like do you do you know who i am no i, I but uh <laughs> you don't even know but, who i am yeah how dare yeah. you like so that's so, so yeah um it, it is it is interesting uh especially uh, yeah when you play against someone and they're like oh yeah you know i've been playing for a year how long have you been playing and i've been like oh uh it's like <laughs> late 2012 early 2013 Oh, you must and be really like, oh. good at Hexwing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm all right, yeah. <laughs> one one an event or two. Yeah. Oh, man. That's uh how would how do you Okay, so this is a this is a problem that is only or not a problem. This is a scenario that's only really relevant to a few people and that's like you and I are one of them. Like uh, how do you how do you feel about Hexwing fame? <laughs> I like it. Like it's, yeah. it it used to be a lot more interesting, like not more interesting, but like it used to happen a lot more, you know, back when, you know, it was like 1.0 and, and, you know, I won sure. three events in a row and sure. it was still pretty fresh in everybody's mind. Like my, uh, we'd go to like Gen Con or something and my, and people would bring my card, like a card I designed over and have me sign it and everything. And my mm -hmm. wife would find it endlessly amusing. Oh yeah. Um, and no, my favorite story is when, um, so because of um, uh, some some tournament I won, the uh, I got a free trip to uh, Star Wars Celebration uh, yes. down in Orlando. That yes. was for Coruscant, so for the eight-player tournament in Coruscant. And at one point, I'm in some... Because Star Wars Celebration is just a bunch of lines. Everything is lines. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in line at one point, and someone comes up to me, and it's like, oh, Paul Heaver. Oh wow! Can I have you sign this? And like, I'm like sure, yeah, you know, whatever. And I sign it. And then like the people next to me on the line, who are just normal Star Wars fans, like they're not X-wing people, are just looking at me like, should I know who this is? Like, are you a are guy? you a secondary character in one of the TV shows or something? Yeah, were you, did you do something interesting? And I'm like, yeah, well, no, nothing, nothing you'd be interested in. No. I'm <laughs> Though it would be really funny if like the guy would like you, that happened and the guy who signed who you signed the card for is like, hey, don't you know this is the champ? This is the champ, <laughs> and just <laughs> oh that would be that would be great. Yeah, yeah. I well, yeah lately mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit you know it's less you know people still know who I am but like I right I have to I have to go win into the worlds or something so, so that yeah. people you know that still have the fear when they look at me yeah. <laughs> Okay, so all right, I, I have so much follow up to this. So, um, you have uh, so you and Duncan Howard, yeah, maybe the two most because, like, you know, famous for being the two best, maybe like players in X Wing, like, but like you were earlier and he's like later. Um, who do you think is better? Oh, that's a rough one. Well, uh, if 
if we face in Swift, Duncan beats me more than I beat him. But if we face in the cut, I beat Duncan more than he beats me. So, so that's that's our Ooh. I think our record is yeah I've knocked him out of more cuts, but he's knocked me like down in Swiss more often. So I don't know that experience. No, You're just yeah, better in the Duncan's, cuts, man. Yeah, Dun- Duncan's really good. I mean, obviously, but uh, <laughs> obviously. yeah, he has to. Yeah, he has to. Uh, I don't know. Figure out how to not get goaded into playing seven different factions for uh for store championship season or whatever it is that he's doing now like sure he's got he's got like six factions on his belt and now he's like trying to figure out a way to win with scum so good luck good luck to him for that one but do you think that's cockiness or do you think that he's just bored no someone called him out and said hey you don't know how to play all these other factions and he's like oh well i'll show you so it's so it is cockiness straight up I mean, I guess kind of, or or just being able to like be goaded by randoms that you've never you know interacted with in real life. <laughs> uh, you, you gotta you gotta just let the the people that you know are, you know, not I'm not gonna say not real people, but uh, mm-hmm. not people that you know in real life. Like you just mm-hmm. whatever dumb things they say to you, just let it wash over you, man. Cool. Yeah, I know. Okay. I well, actually, I have to follow up, but. We're at the 40 minute mark. I have a, th- a thing that I like to do, a segment. Um, at exactly it's a, the 40 minute mark? That's a weird time to no, do it. Well, that. it was going to be the half an hour mark, <laughs> but like we blew past that when we started talking about other stuff. So, you know, I was like, I didn't want to, sure. I don't want to, you know, harsh the vibe. You know, we had a good vibe going. Um, <laughs> but so I have, a, I have a bit that I like to do, um, which is the ad read. Um, so uh, this, this podcast has been brought to you by. Denguru, may it rest in peace and burn in hell. And if you have some of these, uh, some stuff that we talked about, then you want to like chime in at the end. We'll keep a rolling tally of who was able to actually get um, any of the guests. And I'm just going to keep going. All right, you you cut in if you if you have one. All right. Um, okay. This this X-wing podcast has, has also been brought to you by um, Wolfero, who was also rest in peace, burn in hell. Never, you're never coming back. Um, and, uh, and this, this, this X-Wing process has been brought to you by Duncan Howard, who, um, can't, can't, can't win in the cut. Oof. Feels bad, Ooh. man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, or, you know, this, this podcast was brought to you by the ghost in 1.0 and it's twin laser turret buddies. And, uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that that is no longer with us. But it is uh, is paying the price for its sins from beyond, where where <laughs> there are no good turrets right now in the game. Yes, yes. Um, and and finally, this X wing this this podcast is brought to you by winning. It's super fun. <laughs> Everyone loves winning. Yes, yes. Okay, that was my bit. I, I, I I'm I'm never not going to do it, even if everyone tells me that it's awful, because uh, that's literally the reason why I wanted to make this podcast. Everything else was kind of superfluous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, you, how do you feel? So, uh, to be honest, I use this as, as like a way to like separate, like getting to know you, and then like kind of getting a sense of like who is Paul Heaver, and also then now let let's have Paul Heaver give some takes because it's because you know there's a lot of takes in X Wing, and people really want to hear them. I guess 
like takes, yeah. <laughs> um, so we 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 got the new. So I guess in the news, the latest, most recent news is that AMG has a new website. How yep. do you feel about this website? Uh, I mean, I've been to it. It's nice that they have one. It, do you it think does mean that... we can't we can't joke about them not having a website anymore? Unfortunately, it's true. but it's actually well. I guess we can always say that you know it it only took them three years. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not even that good of a website for three years. Like, I, I would have expected, you know, like a like a cool MIDI thing that playing song or something. Like, or... oh God, you still, you still. I mean, you really are trying to show you show your age. I'm, like, I'm, I'm an old guy. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. when that that was. You know, that was what you know, did. you know, it's really funny because like a lot of people, um, a lot of people joke about uh, Yasby's clean and intuitive interface. And I and I, as the person who manages Yasby, goes, bro, that's uh, that's 2012 web design. It's terrible. We just like it because we're used to it. Like it is inherently, inherently bad, which is why why there are some people who just can't use it on mobile because it's just, yeah. No, I get it. I I understand oh, it is, that it's terrible, but this is my it is terrible. It's a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, to use on mobile. Yeah, I don't I don't like using it on mobile at all. <laughs> have uh, you yeah. have you actually used it recently or not recently in the last like couple of years because like i know that previously in the early days of 2.0 it was actually impossible to use what yasby or yasby on mobile yasby on mobile uh yeah yeah I, I i have it on my phone it's like one of the the four tabs that i have open at all times on my phone yeah mm -hmm. that uh yeah and uh, i i hate using it on my phone so i end up being angry at it and then going to the computer to, to use it but yeah but it's good for, you know, if you're if you're sitting around at work or something and you're like, oh, well, let me think about this one thing while my, you know, while something happens and mm -hmm. you know, or if I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have so. any do you have anything about Yasby that uh, you'd like to tell me to do about it other than the, the mold making oh, the mobile better? Because that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Um, <laughs> man, I don't I don't have anything really much. Uh, let's see. What don't I like about Yasby when I'm playing around with it? Um, oh, sometimes when when you pick uh, a ship, like I really wanted to not default to like, like for example, what's what's a good example? If I go to uh, click click, yeah, of course I have Yasby open while I'm doing this. Yeah, if I click <laughs> A to two Actus, okay. like uh, they they open up with Jedi General. No one's ever gonna want the Jedi General. Oh, they I always see. Want, they always want Sock Anakin. So I, I see. Started on sock Anakin. And... So, so you know what this is? This is a holdover from, uh, well, really from 1.0, but from from basically like pre 2.2.0 because it used to be that you would always start out with with the generic, right? The cheapest mm -hmm. generic, and then because then then you go from there and build up. But I guess realistically, you could just start with the cheapest ship. Period. Yeah. Because you're not really worried about. No one's really interested in flying generics anymore. No one's going to fly a Jedi General. If you're picking the Ada, they want probably Anakin, and maybe some other ones. But like, yeah, just in in general on these things. Like, if I click the Gauntlet Fighter on Imperials, I'm not picking the Imperial Super Commando. I'm either Gar Saxon or Captain Hark. Like, I don't. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's probably going to break stuff when you're like, oh, well, we're going to default to Captain Hark and Captain Hark's on another ship. And then you have to like put in some kind of logic to be like, because I guess if you pick, you know, the gauntlet, 
fighter no, it won't break. Like, and it's a generic like no it won't it won't break anything actually so all uh, i do is i just have the the generic is always the last possible option and you just cycle through all the other better options mm-hmm. and well the other side too is like well i don't know people might complain about this but we could change it so that it's most expensive to cheapest pilot rather than the other way around um anyways that's just some logic i can work that out okay you know what because the world champ is asking me, I will, I will, I will fix that for you. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Because yeah, that's you... been um, that's been something that annoys me every time I rebuild my uh, my Republic list. Is I I yeah. click the Ada and I'm like, why is it not Anakin? Why is it Jedi General? And then I have to change it back to Je- to Anakin. Yeah. You know, maybe 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 the Jedi General is actually good. You know, he's not. What do you know? You're just three time world championship, uh, Paul Heaver. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I'll look into that actually. Maybe, maybe I can get cool. that fixed. Uh, oh my god, this is actual, actual productive podcast. Things are getting done. Who said, who says podcasts yeah. don't have any real value? I mean, we could we can continue like Seinfeld it out and just you know talk about nothing for a while, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna actually open the Reddit and let's see if there's, there's any any oh. any more controversial takes. Um, you know um, what I have I noticed have, actually. Hmm? Go ahead, you first. They have the all the store championship stuff that they've recently done with the 16 player minimum and everything. So that was uh, yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah. Well, uh, I was kind of sad that I no longer have a permanent invite to Worlds, so that oh. kind of sucks. But uh, oh yeah, that's that true. was honestly that was the best part about winning Worlds. And like seriously, I would tell people whoever won Worlds after me, I'd be like, yeah. "Congratulations, you have a permanent invite now. That's the best thing you, you've won." Like all the rest of this stuff is nice, but the permanent invite is huge. Did, but yeah, did, now did now they tell you that it's that. no longer valid anymore? Did they just did you get a confirmation on that? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I've got it confirmed that I no longer have a permanent invite, and all all world champions no longer have permanent invites anymore. Which I mean, yeah, that's fine. I guess. Wait, well, I, well, what about like, like last not... year's? Last year's must have an invite. Uh, I honestly have no idea. Uh, like that's that seems maybe. that seems really not good. If like the current world champ doesn't get it just isn't able to defend his title right yeah, nicholas can win a store championship somewhere He'll i know he i know he can win what Although, if he doesn't though what if there are killers out there god if you know? he was in like the the last chance qualifier and you're like did you win world last year like <laughs> yeah. and he's just crushing people in the lcg <laughs> that LCG? wouldn't wouldn't that be that would be actually hilarious um, but it so shouldn't funny. happen. That should just not happen, right? <laughs> Probably not, no. But it'd be funny. It would be oh. funny. It would be funny. So you know I, that is new news to me that the world champs that well the the none of the world champs are able to make automatically make the day the next day. Yeah, that's uh that was kind of a surprise to me. But you know, I I mean I got an invite anyway, so I'm I'm good to go. Is this but, uh, uh is this the is this the uh maybe this is the they're trying to light a fire under your ass so you actually play serious now and try to actually go for yeah. the go for the win, you know? I mean I, I do kind of like 
you know, at, at, at like store championships and everything. Like I, I, if I don't have like a big thing that I'm trying for, I'll just play whatever random stupid thing comes into into mind. Yeah. yeah. But now, yeah, I actually have to show up and try at least until yeah. I get one and then, then I can goof off. Yeah. I mean, that's everybody, right? Like we, we try and then yeah. it's like, oh, okay, we got our invite. All right. Fucking whatever, man, just do whatever I want. <laughs> okay. So what is a, what is your, what is your list that, well, I guess your list that you win is that you go to win with is the, your, uh, Galactic Republic list. Yeah. Right now one it's the Republic one. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's been a really good one. I've been now that, I mean, I didn't want to play Han, which was the good list because mm-hmm. I knew that it's very popular. And then, so I found out that like, well, I, I realized that not a lot of people were playing um republic and then after trying out a couple iterations i was like wow this actually beats han pretty easily not easily Mm -hmm. but like you know it has a really strong game against it please please let's let's call it easily because then because the uh the the gsp guys were like saying that the han's win rate against uh collector republic is actually still pot like like i think it's like 65 40 35 or something like that yeah, it is. Of, it is still really yeah. in favor of Han, which I don't really understand. But I think a lot of it was because I showed up and played a bunch of people who did not play against it. So now Han lists have tried have practiced against it because if you're a guy who's playing Han, you want to practice against the list that you're hearing is a Han killer. So, mm-hmm. and the way you beat the arc list is um, you you know is not in list building; it's in you know tactics and and sure. what you do during the the game like so when i was at lso people would actually like set up the turn zero in my favor like they'd help me in turn zero and i'd be like well mm-hmm. it's not going to go well for you but you probably don't realize it like during sure. this like while, while we're doing this while we're setting up our rocks and stuff i'm like sure, you are sure. you're doing exactly what i want you to do, exactly what i would do if i was setting up all six rocks like okay this this is terrible for you but um <laughs> So, but now people have gotten practice with it, and now it's like a thing that people see a decent amount. So it's still a good list, but like yeah. it's not gonna, it's not gonna crush everything on the way out. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna but, say but too, yeah, so as a mm-hmm. as an aside, that I super like how, and I I know this was just happened at 2.0, but a lot less in 2.0. I think people forget this that how much tactics has an influence on your win percentage now compared to before that it's actually pretty dramatic that there are a lot of like 55 45 lists in my opinion that that base with the right strategy and with the right player become like 70 30s yeah 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 definitely like if if someone screws up turn zero um then things go really sideways really quick or if um if you're like oh well this this the other thing is also possible when you're like, oh, this is a 70-30 matchup. No problem. I don't even have to think. I can yeah. rain off this this game. And mm-hmm. uh, then you find out really quickly, oh, I he he's doing, you know, smart stuff and I'm just being an idiot and doing the most obvious moves. And mm-hmm. uh and yeah, you're you turned your like 70-30 easy matchup into like a oh I'm I'm losing this game. How does that happen? Kind yeah. of matchup. Yeah. Because yeah. like the but, thinking yeah. part is super important now and like and you have to always be thinking like it's if you turn off uh you are you are it's it's always possible to just lose your game straight up mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can do a lot of dumb things and yeah. Be like, how did I get here? Oh, I lost. How did yeah. that happen? But it's like but, not uh, even like a obvious, like, like, oh, I just wasn't paying attention to my dials. It's like, it could be like, oh, I just have a misconception of like what this, what this matchup looks like. Um, and then that yeah. ultimately leads to a loss. Yeah. You don't think, you know, you're like five rounds in and you're ahead, like 15 to eight or something like that. And you're like, oh, cool. I just need to kill this one ship and win blah, blah. And you're chugging along and like, you're, a, you know, you're not thinking, what are my opponent's outs? Like, how is he going to try to win? Mm-hmm. And like, you're like, oh, I didn't think his, his way out was to, you know, run away with those ships and hit all the, the buttons and like do this or whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever his out is. Like, mm-hmm. you have to think now, like, how is my opponent going to try to win the game? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even if I'm winning by a significant amount, like, is there some series of lucky die rolls that, that can get him in that is his only out that he's going to try to try to hit? And yeah, it's it could, it could get really scary really, really fast if uh, if you end up just, you know, playing autopilot and, and he's like, ah, here's here's my out. Does it work? And yeah, I mean. Sometimes it doesn't, and you're like, "Oh, cool! I, I lucked out there." And sometimes it does, and you feel dumb. Yeah. Have but, you ever uh, had a Have you ever had a, like a huge comeback, like like a massive point comeback? I've yeah, I had um actually during um the USA Combine, I had a game that uh, let me because I kept I kept the log of the game, so let mm. me see if I can find uh, find the results for it. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was it? Well, while you're searching was, for that, I had a yeah, kind of curious about it. Yeah, I had a game that I was behind by. I was behind by five, and then I ended up winning by ten in like two turns, because like it was all a bunch of like low point scoring, low point scoring, and but a bunch of ships were at like low health, and then like. Basically, I finally got my my line lineups and just took off like three ships in one turn, and just, just shot up the board immediately. Yeah, that's uh, so the game that I was thinking about. I was down ten to one at the Ooh. end of turn four. <laughs> okay, and uh, I mean, he had a couple ships that were on fire and almost dead, and uh, like my arcs were pretty healthy. And then, like, let's see, the next round it was twelve to seven when I finally killed like a ship. And then, like, I just got a, a lucky one shot with Anakin on Hollow, and then yeah. it got to thirteen, thirteen, and then from there on, it was just all in my favor. After that, like fourteen, Oof. eleven, and then I finished the game at twenty to fifteen. But, twenty to fifteen. Yeah, so twenty to fifteen. Yeah. You after went for eight rounds. You scored. You you basically did an entire game's worth of point, and he only gained five. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah, that was on. What what was this on? Let's see. I see a bunch. Oh, this was on boxes. Was this? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I I think that I I super. I don't know. Maybe some people don't like this, but I super like that. There's like these huge opportunities for like these type of like turnaround and in games as well, because like <clears throat> I know that like because in two point or just pre pre two point five, whenever you would play, there's a good chance like you would kind of know that you weren't winning um throughout the game and then but you would have to confirm it right and there like there were opportunities like oh yeah he could potentially mess up whatever but realistically um when you were behind you really 
don't have a lot of opportunities to come back from behind. So you're so kind of like, okay, let me let me let me walk to my death, and then and then I died. Okay, great, that that was good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but in two point five. Like that can still happen, right? Where it's like, oh, I, like I set up my engagement wrong, and now I'm like behind, and I'm even further behind, and it's like snowballing out of control. And but like, there's also if there's also if there's a momentary lapse, there can be several opportunities for that, as opposed to like maybe only one or two. And they're never um, huge chips. Well, sometimes they can be huge chips, but like if you have like three or four of them set up, and then you can knock them out, suddenly you can mount a huge comeback. The momentum shifts and and like you get a huge morale boost and suddenly wait a second i could maybe win this one like i feel like that makes the games also more exciting in addition to mm -hmm. like feeling that it's competitively more uh more even yeah yeah i i do too yeah the the ability to come back is a pretty huge thing um some lists are better at it than others like if you're bringing a bunch of low initiative stuff and it's just like a big joust list you know yeah like the arcs is mostly a big joust list it doesn't come back too easily if if it starts losing like if i start getting arcs knocked off the board generally yeah. that means i'm going to get the rest of the arcs knocked off the board and i'm not going to make any significant progress in the mm -hmm. game that i was mentioning uh i lost padme early and that was the only ship the arcs were fine so the arcs were still doing arc things and anakin was like behind his list and like so yeah i was really far behind and i much farther behind than I expected to be. But I was like, okay, but I'm in a good position here. So, and I see what my outs were. My outs were, you know, he had a, he was playing um, the the fun police list, uh, mm -hmm. the list that Crispy made very mm -hmm. popular. And um, and so I was like, okay, so my outs are, he's, his ships are fragile and I sold my arcs are all okay. So I can't get back in this, but if I start losing arcs, things are going to get you know, really bad because I'll lose all my ability to do offense. So yeah, I I crawled my way back in and uh, got a lucky. You know, hey, it's Anakin. He has you bullseye hollow. Oh look, three hits and a crit. Oh look, you blanked out. Cool. Mm. You know, so a little bit of luck and you know a, a good position and yeah, I got back in it. Yeah, you know, I feel like uh, maybe this is like one of the things that i like the most about this game uh like the way the, the current iteration of it because coming like the ability to come back and in in many ways like just the variable nature of um the tactic side of things and and you you kind of hit on it very strongly when you said like you know you lost a ship so you were behind in points but you had you had a much better position and that kind of justification or like opportunity cost of like evaluation that that we have to make now i found it's like so much more interesting than just like the the standard game of positioning that we used to have um because i i super like i mean maybe that's just me or maybe that's the starcraft um like tactics like you know strategy kind of games like mentality that i have where it's like I, I'm very, I'm super in on like, oh yeah, like let me sacrifice, let me make a gambit. Like I'm going to sacrifice some early damage, some early point value so that I can get like this better, better, better position. And then, you know, win, win in the late game. Um, so like, like, cause a lot of my games look like come from behind games where I basically sacrifice a lot of some early position or some early points um, so that I can like get the, the favorable long game position and then kind of like win in turn seven and eight, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that? Do you feel the same way? Do you feel like it's it, or do you feel like it's not relevant? Like, what how was your what's your take on that? I mean, I I enjoy doing it, but I I definitely I enjoy the lack of stress from just crushing them in the beginning. If uh, if I don't have to gambit anything or give up anything, like if if you're just like if you could just put all your stuff in front of my arcs and let me kill them, that would be so much easier. Uh, well, I, I don't have to worry about stuff. If you maybe keep all the rocks out of the way so that we could just fight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a gambit too, right? It's like I'm gambiting that I have I have better jousted power than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That there were definitely like at LSO, there were definitely people that were like, oh, I think I could take this, and they were wrong. <laughs> uh, I I haven't really found anything that that out jousts it. Um, there maybe is some first order stuff if you get really specialized in in fighting uh, arcs. Like if you're mm-hmm. like, look at my cluster missiles and mm-hmm. and uh, all that stuff. Like you you don't like cluster missiles. Yeah, it, it's really just up to raw damage, right? You just basically need a a lot of red dice to yeah. Because that even if because like whatever the arcs kill you're killing one maybe maybe one and a half like if you're you know if you're if you're if you're if they're really poor on greens and you and you're doing great great on reds or not sorry, one and a half, maybe two one one and a half for sure and then maybe two if, if depending on like what happens with the variance but mm-hmm. but yeah like if but if, if they if they lose a ship and they're still able to destroy one of your arcs after that then you're in trouble right yeah um generally the the line that I draw is if you're if an arc gets killed before it can shoot, like if it goes from fully healthy to dead before it can shoot, like if that happens to Jag, then the game's probably lost right there on mm-hmm. the opening round. Yeah. Like if you're like, oh well, all of his stuff's I five and better, and he just straight up murdered one of my ships before it mm-hmm. can shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's that's a big problem yeah you need you need all your ships to fire <laughs> yeah yeah even if you kill some like you have to at that point kill something back but even then it's not like yeah usually yeah. all those all those pieces are all together and you know there's the synergies between all their you know interlocking locks and all that other stuff if you lose one that early you're like well this is going to go really bad yeah because it's like also like if you don't delete something then they can just do that again next turn right yep yeah and and because generally um your offense is very much loaded on the the lower end of the initiative like wolf and jag and padme are are doing a lot of damage at i4 and i3 so if Mm -hmm. you you know your your i6 and your i5 aren't doing a ton of damage so you're not going to catch back up that way that's Mm -hmm. you know like i said but the the list doesn't have a ton of catch-up mechanics um like if you want to play stuff with ketchup, you need to be like more higher initiative AC type of things. I I think. Yeah. Do you let me uh let me do a little sidebar question. How many people have you ionized with Anakin's uh, <clears throat> ancillary ion cannon? I use that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I love hitting Luke with that boy Luke. And, right, and you see a lot of boy Luke's, and I love he he rolls up, he takes the target lock on somebody. You're like, you're ionized, you have no lock. Good luck with your your instinctive torpedo with only a single force after you instinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it really slows down his damage a lot, which is you know something you need. But uh, yeah, so I hit boy Luke all the time with uh, the mm-hmm. ion, 
Um, but yeah, do you anything, think that's like a? That, sorry, go ahead. So finish your thought. Anything that anything that's i five and lower and not three agility, like especially if it wants to get a target lock, like or or you know something like that, you'll you'll smack it with the eye on all the time. Do you think like, that? Yeah, um, I, I love it. Uh, do you think that like if you're Luke and you see that Anakin's rolling up on you, that you should just take a focus? Um. I don't know, man. It's still only a two die attack, so Anakin dodges it a lot. But as long as one of those dice hit, because you're probably going to have a crit in there, thanks to Malice. Mm -hmm. But as long as you get one thing to hit, you're probably fine. Like, you know. So, so yeah, you you as as Luke, I don't, don't, I've never run the the numbers to see, you know, two dice attack with Malice versus uh, two dice defense with Force Mm -hmm. to see if any of them how likely it is a crit gets through but it feels like it gets through often enough that i'm going to keep doing it <laughs> so right well that's the, that's the thing right it's like because it seems like like if your instinct is that oh yeah like this feels like the right move then i feel like it must be statistically significant enough that you know that you get that conclusion in oh, fact yeah. now i'm now i want to put it into the calculator and see oh sure Let's find out. Smack that, in. yeah. Throw it in Gate of Storms, and figure out, yeah, uh, two attack dice with uh, force and malice, and you have to get a crit into um, into Luke with his two defense dice and force. Well, not well, it's not. We don't need. Do they have? Do they have malice in that thing? I don't. We we just use marksmanship. Oh wait. Yeah, you can just. Uh, no marksmanship. No, you can. Yeah, yeah, you can use marksmanship. Yeah, marksmanship yeah, yeah. well is the same basic idea yeah 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 so just, just give them yeah just give them a couple points of force and uh and yeah and be like i how what are the chances of me getting a crit through well any damage through is it any gonna, damage through because you're guaranteed a crit you know what yeah the chance of getting one crit through is 40 percent oh 30 percent sorry 30 percent one in three 30 percent still that is a high still, number it's often enough it's still off enough that I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It, it, yeah. One I mean, in three is like a lot. Cost you anything? It's not like it costs you anything to to use. Like maybe it'll cost you off force that you wouldn't have otherwise spent if mm-hmm. if you were just doing a normal shot. But uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. You, you know what? It's good enough. One in three is enough that I think if you're Luke and you see Anakin can shoot you, I think you should just take focus. Because I think you're better off shooting the four dice torpedo with a focus than you are potentially missing the potentially missing the like losing the lock completely and then Luke is completely nerfed. I mean, he still has a single force, That's... but yeah, I see your point. Like if you roll four like dice, calculate eyes, is nothing, like... man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll yeah rolling two eyes on the on the proton torpedo is is very sad. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I love using the the ancillary ion on on uh, on Anakin. I'll use it on on a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. like anything with lower initiative or lower um uh, agility. Like, is is fine to shoot it at. Mm-hmm. Generally, you don't succeed against like three agility stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, of course. Although, what if we? Uh... What do the what do the numbers say now? Now that we've got it open, <laughs> you know, actually, it's like seventeen percent, so just under one in five. 
It's not it's that bad. It's not terrible, but I mean, uh, I'm definitely going to be very surprised if it works. I think, I think like that, I think that that percentage usually will mean that they have to spend a token to defend against it. Mm-hmm. Cause like they don't want to get ionized, right? Like I think if something yeah. has three evasion dice, the last thing they want is to get ionized, especially with Anakin being able to like roll behind them for infinity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is okay. So here's here's a spicy take that I because yeah. I know you like takes. So yeah. I really want to try because I've gotten so used to the system phase reposition. I want to yes. try stuff like Suntier with uh, with um, oh. sensitive controls. Sensitive control Suntier, yeah, my man. I want to try that out, my man. I I need you to. I I'm I'm backing your play. Go go do it. I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the world champ. Like, no, you gotta you gotta have your Suntier like you know get double repositions after everybody moves and everything and i'm like but if i can get one reposition before everybody moves then whatever moves you're doing are a lot less likely to block me hopefully yeah so So. i i have the same so i have this uh i have the same feeling um because i i i i guess famously i don't know like people who know me right I know that I basically only fly BBA Poe in competitive. Um, mm. And I have for a long, long time. Um, and so, and I, and the, when they, when they move, when it moved the system phase reposition, well, it's the same thing as a system phase, or if it's like when you, when you activate, the idea is that like you can't block me because you have no idea where I'm, where I'm actually going to be final position. Right. Mm-hmm. I have like so many more, basically, I triple my choices of like where my final position is going to be. So good luck. Good luck finding that 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 position, right? Um, and I super like the system phase reposition. I think it's very very strong. Um, yeah, it's fun. And also, like I played because um, this comes from I played a game with Lurier with mm-hmm. uh, sensitive controls, and that Lurier is a super fun ship with sensitive controls. Oh yeah, uh, since he has the bendy barrel roll. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the I was the person I was playing with was like I've just given up on figuring out because Lurier could be like either he does the backwards bendy barrel roll and a two turn and blocks me over there, or maybe yeah. he's doing a boost and a two bank and going over out that way to go fight the. I don't know yeah. where he's going. I'm not even going to bother thinking about him anymore. He can yeah, do yeah. what he wants. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I think the only people who are able to predict those things are the same people who are used to flying those type of things right because like as a poe player and when i see lawyer i'm like yeah I, I i see what you're doing i can do it too i i'm familiar with the with the the cheese or maybe like if you're a whisper player like it's like oh yeah like lawyer speaks to me because like i'm used to mm-hmm. i'm used to cloaking and decloaking every turn and then like doing that insistent phase right um yep Actually, you know what's funny is that if you just ran Suntir and Lurie in a list together, it's essentially um, new age, new age t- uh, tie whispers. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're decloaking effectively, and yeah, 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 yeah. That's all around. You got whisper and echo effectively because one's one's got a bendy decloak, the other's got a straight decloak. That's right, and it's like one is Easy. a high initiative, one is a lower initiative. Yeah. I I think you should do it, man. I think that uh, I think that sensitive controls is. I'm gonna I'm gonna back your hot take and say sensitive controls okay. is actually like rock solid, and I think people are too 
people are using auto thrusters as a crutch because they're so because double reposition is so um such a it's such a good feeling right when you know it's like a warm blanket to comfort you to let you know that mm -hmm. even if i fuck up my maneuver i can always reposition my way out of it as opposed to taking the, the pre-thought to be like, I'm going to create a quagmire for my opponent and give him the opportunity to mess up. Right? But it means I have to play yeah. better on the on on the on the on the dial the dial choices. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems and it seems like it'll be super fun to like pre-boost and then do a two turn and then barrel roll or something. Or, you know, mm -hmm. probably the smarter thing is just to like evade. But you know, still you can get into some really dumb places with like bank boost, two turn, barrel roll, like 100%. in that order. One hundred percent. It's uh, and and also like, and I think people also forget how good it is to do something like like when you're in a range two engagement and then you boost in the range one and now they can't slow roll you or they can't like set up a block, right? So they either have to go super fast, um, or like like K turn or whatever. But you've already boosted forward, so you're like on your way out. Right, so that's not a that's mm -hmm. not a scary that's not a scary reengagement for you, or or you know, um, but it just bump into you and then suddenly like you're setting up a great position for next turn because you you you've jammed up their list as an i six, it's like oh, I don't know what to do now, right? Yep. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna get in on that. Like now that I've played the rear a little bit and and gotten the taste of sensitive controls, I'm. I want to play with it some more and see how it works. I like it. I like it. I can't wait to see that. Uh, I, I can't wait to see you win a store champ with that. With sensitive controls in here. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Please, please do. I will help. Whatever you need to to bounce ideas off of, please uh please let me help. I want I want I want this to be a thing. Okay. Cool, cool. Um all right. So, you know, we so we're at a hour and 17 now i i don't i don't know if like uh you want to keep going for a bit more or if you want to like call it here i'm happy to keep going but i mean i also want to be um uh you know good with your time right so uh up to you how how you want to i'm giving you an out here if you want if you want to okay if you go. i mean if there's an off ramp i'll take it no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can i can if we've hit all the like major stuff that you wanted to talk about, then then I'm good. Yeah, it's like midnight here, so I can I can work my way to bed. Yeah, I I, I, don't know I if just want to be. Other topics you want to hit? No, it's it's like like I said when I was doing preamble for this. Like we don't I don't have like a set list or anything like that. It's just there are a couple things that I want to talk about just in terms of like getting to know you better. And I think you know for the listeners, like my goal primarily for this podcast is like to try to capture some of that that lore that like we don't really have a good history of in X-Wing and just in general and just kind of get people's perspectives and stuff, especially notable people uh, in our community. Like there are reasons why they're notable and that's not always obvious what those reasons are. And then th that stuff gets lost to history, like for the fact that like, you know, you're a three-time world champ um, and there's going to be a lot of people who have never known that, right? Never known that, you know, there was even someone who won the world's championship three times, let alone that, you know, that guy still plays X-Wing and he's, you know, he crushes Duncan Howard in the in the cut. <laughs> One day I'm gonna have Duncan time. on on the podcast, yeah. and that'll be funny to to be like. So Paul said that you suck in the cut. What do you feel about that? 
<laughs> the last time we played in the cut, actually, he beat me. But oh, I think no. I'm still I'm still up. I think I'm still up on on games in the cut against him. But uh, okay. but yeah, we gotta. I gotta get back in. Yeah, beat yeah, him definitely. again. Definitely, I want to see. I would love to see. Um, Duncan Howard Paul Heaver rivalry ignited, especially if I instigated it. It's very much, especially if I instigated it. We are we are very interesting because we have yeah we're both good at the game and we have very different like play styles and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's not mm -hmm. like we are not at all similar in how we approach the game or anything. Is it is hilarious because I talk to Duncan and I'm like I don't even understand how you play this game and do. <laughs> what what you do but and i'm pretty sure i'm the same way to him yeah but, you know that's like that's we couldn't makes it emulate good. each other yeah that's what makes it good it's like x-wing philosophy it's like fundamental different and we can make camps we can get we can get tribes off of this like team 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 howard team team heaver right like this, this would be great you know uh anyways sorry yeah that that's uh that's that's my thing i think that would that would be that would be awesome um because uh, you know, I think we, I think honestly, we're missing a little bit of the old rivalries. You know, the old, um, you know, the old challengers. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. We need to get more, uh, more regional stuff too. Like, you know, East Coast and West Coast, and like we yeah. used to have some of that with like, uh, with like West Coast, Worst Coast, and all that stuff, and yeah. you know. Yeah, and the Nova region and and yeah. Yeah. You know what happened is we the pandemic homogenized the X Men community too much. Yeah. With the online I'll, I'll play. Agree that, yeah. And so now now we lost all that all that regional regional stuff that like, you know, people hate each other because of where they live. Not because of their hot <laughs> not because of their hot takes. <laughs> no, I mean it used to be like you go to a region and you're like, Oh well Nova, everyone plays Imperial at Nova, so we gotta, you know, like if you go yeah. to the Nova region, you got to be used to that or or Rebels or whatever we were known for. I don't even remember anymore. But and you're like, oh, well, if I'm going to the Chicago area to play, I got to got to be prepared because everyone's going to do this. Like and now, yeah, like with TTS and everything, the the known lists are known to everybody. And yeah, yeah, you, you don't get as much uh, much as that regional flavor when you go places. You know what, actually, so I have a one more, I mean, I, I said, like, we can stop, but actually I have a, like, a, yeah. like a really interesting question for you on this. Sure. Do you think that because of that homogenization where everyone kind of knows everything and there's like more data sets, that there's been a loss of creativity because like really good lists, a lot of the times get forged because of warped metas, right? Or like new and exciting concepts, right? And, and if everyone is kind of playing the same meta, then like a, there's a lot less opportunity for that to to blossom, right? Um, do you think that's the case, or am I, am I, maybe this is just a hot take? I mean, th that goes kind of back to uh, how in earlier editions of the game, uh, the list building was a much more important part of the game too, where like you know obviously I, well hopefully we're never going to hit like a Dengaru situation where that just kind of pops up out of nowhere or like mind links sense jump masters that kind of leap out of nowhere and you're like oh because the the mind link jump master meta like that hit that worlds one year like that mm -hmm. came in that just kind of showed up and it wasn't like mind link was a new card or anything it, it was out for like a year yeah. before everybody was like oh hey this is really good 
but um but yeah no i see your point like if you know you need people to to get in the kitchen and cook and and try mm -hmm. a bunch of different stuff and and try it against a bunch of different things and now that there's a bunch more like um a bunch of scenarios that you have to try and, and be aware of and you might not realize that your list is some good combo breaker list or anything like that before like before you get in like you have to get a bunch more games than you used to be able to like mm -hmm. in in previous editions you'd you'd roll in and you'd be like oh hey i put r2d2 on my my han for the han uh mirror match and then you play one game against the han mirror match you go yep I beat it 100% of the time. Awesome. Okay, I don't have to yeah. try this anymore. I know yeah. I know I'm good. Like now if you're like, "Oh, well, I think this increases my percentage here," but you like you were saying before, you still have to think. You're mm -hmm. still thinking the entire time, so and, and you might mess up, especially if it's a new list. Yeah. So, it's like marginal yeah. marginal improvements as opposed to traumatic increases. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also like the knowledge, like the knowledge base, like because like, you know, if if i if i if i know my meta is full of hans then i can only really build around anti-han list right but if that doesn't mm -hmm. exist because like original meta just doesn't have han right then i can build lists that are just good just generally against the rest of the field or just against like you know just like as a as a generally good list and then when han disappears from the meta now there's an opportunity because i've i've done that research like figuring out these other lists now these lists can yeah. come up and like be effective, but you can't do that if the meta is unanimously across the board about one specific thing, right? Yeah, no, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It, mm. it would definitely be better if we had, yeah, a bunch of different kitchens rather than one big kitchen to, to cook in. Mm -hmm. Although we can't really go back, so maybe this is just nostalgia anyway. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go back to like, 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 I love the fact that we can play online and I love the fact that I'm not, I'm not beholden to a league night to, to getting in X-Wing like, or tournament. Oh like yeah. I can, mm -hmm. I can find people who like are, are good and like play against them and kind of like learn more about the, the craft of the game rather than just, you know, the, the theorizing of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree. Like back in the, I mean, even as far back in 2013, like there was mm -hmm. the Vassal uh, mm -hmm. version of the game. And that's how I did a lot of my testing leading up to Worlds is by sitting in Vassal and playing either playing games in Vassal or even just, you know, practicing things solo against myself. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the the online component of the game uh, is has been pretty huge. Yeah. Do you think that you... Um... Do you think that's like, because I know that there's a lot of people, especially in the early days, who did a lot of Vassal, especially solo Vassal, to like kind of like get the reps in and like really establish that. Do you think that if you were a new player coming in now, that you that that would have um, a value to you or like, you know, maybe not, maybe not, it's maybe it's not Vassal, maybe it's TPS, but like the same concept of like playing solo and just getting in reps to like, like learn the board space and figure out the distances and get really like muscle mem get it really muscle memoried in so that like you know you yeah. have a fundamental understanding do you think that's like valuable or do you think it's more important to focus on on tactics if you're a, a beginner player i mean if you're a beginner player we still tell beginners hey set some rocks on a table and fly mm -hmm. your ships around just so you know where a three bank goes mm -hmm. like that's still an important thing that you have to be able to do. You have to be able to land your your three banks so that you don't hit a rock. 
you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so we still tell people to do that. It might be, you know, maybe a shorter time period now because now we're not like, hey, my ships are flying in this formation, like in for 2013 worlds with my my list with bigs and a couple B wings and everything. I had like memorized the the first like three turns of every game, like mm-hmm. the, no matter what I was doing, I knew exactly where I needed to be for like the first three turns. So yeah, that was just a case of running it through over and over on on Vassal with like just against myself, just to set it up, try it out, be like, no, that that's not quite right, and then just keep going over and over again. Yeah. See, so, that really sounds like actually, chess, right? Because that's like yeah. that's like I'm gonna memorize the first twenty moves. Maxing opening. openings. Yep. Yeah. Right. Which um, just three. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oh, he's but, uh, playing. Oh, he's playing the variant on this. Yeah. He did the he did the two bank instead of the one bank. <laughs> um, oh, the bigs gambit. Yeah, no, the bigs gambit. <laughs> but um, yeah, thankfully, mm-hmm. uh, we don't really have that as much anymore. Where you're like, my first three turns are always going to be this because your opponent has a say in it, and stuff starts happening on round two a lot. Yeah. So yeah, what what do you what do you think is the most broken, most broken combo that we've ever created as as a community? Oh man, there have been so many. I, that's, um, why, that's why this question is so interesting to me. Yeah, let's see. So, off the top of my head, like the three contenders are definitely like Miranda, uh, because she absolutely took away every, like, she just wiped out a bunch of ships from the meta entirely all by herself. Um, let's see. Miranda TLT. Yeah, Miranda with TLT and bombs I know what? And I'm going to have to explain this. I'm gonna have to explain this for the because there's gonna be a lot of people who don't know what that is. So Miranda's yeah, ability well, is that you can um, lose a shield to increase your attack dice on an attack. Is that right? Yeah, or or gain a shield to lose an attack die. Yes, which is what would happen more often. You, yes, you and just regenerate your shield. Yes, and and the reason why this is this was good was because there was a there was a turret. Uh, that used to exist in 1.0 called Twin Laser Turret, and it will let you attack twice um, for one damage each uh, if it hits. But the thing is, is that if Miranda just gains a shield on the first attack, and it's a two-dice attack, you still got a three-dice attack follow-up follow that could still do one damage. So she had great... Yep. She had in, infinite regen and and great damage output. Yeah, and, and it being a turret uh, that ran out to range two to three... Uh, and had a full 360 degree arc. Yes. Uh, it meant that if you were in anywhere near her, she was shooting you twice, and you were, you know, taking a point and a half of damage, and she was regenerating. Yes. And also, if you were anywhere in front of her, uh, she could slam and bomb you. Yes. And, yep. So there was literally no place you could hide from her bombs. Even even like if would... you, even if the bombs weren't there, she could just slam too. They just, you know, yeah. it's a range three bubble, and she could just get to you in turn one. Yeah. So so yeah, that was pretty high in the broken list. Other stuff that was also high was uh jump masters with sense and uh torpedoes. That's right. Uh because you'd run like three of them with sense and all of them would look at <laughs> your your opponent's dials or whatever. It, it wasn't oh, you're sense. doing this one, like huh? Informant. Yeah, whatever it was that the jump masters were doing to look at your dials yeah. and 
you'd be like, okay, so I have three large base ships that have barrel roll. If I can't block you, then I'm really bad at this game. And mm-hmm. they also all had 360 degree arcs and torpedoes. Because yes. why not? Yeah, I think um, we we always forgot that we were always so focused on the triple alpha strike that I forgot that the sense version existed and was also terrifying. Yeah, it was it was so miserable to play against because they would block you. You would not like we weren't getting actions in 1.0 when we got blocked. We just got destroyed. So yes. yeah, that was miserable too. Um, let's see, what was more range was zero attacks? Broken? You would get blocked. Yeah, there were no range zero attacks. Them. Yeah, you just be sitting there like feeling dumb. Yeah. Um God, there was there's a third one that I had in my mind when I was thinking about this originally. Mm-hmm. Uh I think maybe it was the ghost one where, where you had the like uh it was ghost, ghost and fen. Remember remember yeah. ghost and uh the oh, little shuttle yeah. fen? Yes. Yeah, and how he'd be like, You can't yeah. yeah, he'd be like, You can't modify your dice against the ghost. And oh look, the ghost is firing at you and firing a twin laser turret at you yeah um yeah. here's here's all the shots that you, i think it was you're kanan damage too. so like if you yeah. shot at the other one it's like no you don't get to it's like kanan biggs uh kanan biggs uh fen like something like that i, yeah. I forget the exact you thing need that to shoot was going at biggs. On, on that one you need to shoot at biggs because he's the one that does dumb stuff where he can like shed damage off but if you but if you shoot at biggs then you're d- minus one d- attack dice because kanan protects him and There's then, all kinds of dumb good. republic or dumb rebel stuff that that they could do to True. to make you not do damage to them. Yeah, it was it was uh, fair ship yeah. rebels. Yeah, fair ship rebels was always yeah bad. Yeah, no, I think I think Miranda's still the the leader of the like stupidly broken things because it's just mm-hmm. uh, I used her a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so she was probably yeah the most broken because I played her a lot. What do you so think? Much. Do you think do you think Miranda's worse or or pre nerf wisp uh uh whisper? Ooh, nah, I'm I'm still leaning on the Miranda one because pre nerf whisper you can still you can still beat that because you had 360 degree archon. So and again, if everything's broken, then nothing is. Yeah, but yeah. uh, but yeah, no. So I remember, yeah, that was 2014 worlds that I. Practice literally only against Whisper, because once mm-hmm. I made it so that my Han list beat the the mirror 100 percent of the time, I went. Well, what else is in the meta? The only thing I care about is Whisper. Okay, well, I just did reps against Whisper over and over again mm-hmm. until like I I beat that pretty reliably. Was that the prep back in the day and in, in the in those early 1.0 days? It's like, all right, let me beat this 100 percent of the time. Let me practice my opening. Let me get the let me get to move 20 and then memorize it and then. And then, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, in 2013, I practiced against um, Kai Swarm with the the uh, bigs and B wings and stuff, and that was that was all the prep I did. Like I just played it over and over again, right? Uh, to get the the right opening to where everything, because generally the Tie Swarm, again, your opponents played the same way a lot of the times. So if you set up the rocks in a certain way, like they'd always play the same way. And right. so you'd be like, okay, I set up the rocks this way, so they're going to do this, and they're going to set up there, and I'm going to go here, and my first mm-hmm. three turns are this, and then we'll start playing the game. Right. Like, um, and then, yeah, 2014, like I said, was just against uh, Whisper in the, the TIE yeah. Phantom. And then 
2015, it started getting interesting because I was like, oh, I've practiced against multiple lists. Yeah. Um, and that one was... Some variety. Hey, Ooh, yeah, fancy. that one was... Uh, I practiced against... Because I, I won that one with Poe. And I purposely made my Poe plus bid more expensive than Suntir plus bid because I, my Poe could not kill Suntir, but his Suntir also could not kill my Poe. So all I would do was against the Suntir list would make sure everything dies on my side and his side mm-hmm. other than Poe versus Suntir. And then we'd stare at each other until time ran out because I, I was re- because you had one and I would win. Because I'd have I I'd be up by like one or two points. I forget exactly what the number was. Intentionally but yeah, lose was, the bid. Intentionally lose the bid so you can you you have yeah. more points. My my po plus bid is worth one more than your centier plus bid on a standard centier list. So I'm good to go. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah. that's when you had infinite regen and yes. yeah, and you're just so, like you cannot hurt me. Yeah, that was oh god, that was awful. <laughs> But but yeah, so I practiced against that, and I also practiced. I had to practice against a couple of the lists in 2015, and I, I I did. That was probably the the year that I I was like, oh, I'm I'm much less confident this year because I didn't have to because I had to practice against you know multiple lists. And now that we're in 2.5, like this is this is scary because you have to practice multiple scenarios and multiple lists. There's there's way too much to like. Yeah. You can't just you can't just rep your way into. I mean, reps are great, but yeah, you can't just rub your way into being like, okay, I'm good to go. I I have this down, like Pat, where I've done all the prep work. Yeah, I I I kind of um like the list that I fly. I kind of like joking about it by saying like, this is um this list feels really uncomfortable to fly, but I but I've won two turns with it and I've been undefeated, so I guess it's a good list. I I can't doesn't feel like a good list though, because just like mm-hmm. it's just like. You know, it there's so much that is like invariance, but also like it's not like it's not like uh like truly like that because it clearly like there's a lot of like repetition of like concepts, but none of those are like mm-hmm. hard line stuff, right? It's always like yeah, yeah, like roughly strategically you do this versus this and blah blah blah, and then you account for this met this setup and and so on and so forth. Yep, there's still, you know, you you think about, you know, this is the jousting element of the list, or this is the flanking element, or whatever. Like, there's still, yeah, some common points in in different lists, but yeah, it's, it's all the little details and corner cases that are going to get you. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's like, it's really funny. Everything you're talking about, is like the good old days, or like the, I guess more like the battle days, like the way you describe it, but. Um... <laughs> But it, it, <laughs> they were fun. They were fun. We we were not as smart back then, but they were fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, it like kind of like, and I hate, and I'm I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna like, like say like this is like a debate thing, but it's just like really kind of like for me, hammers home like why, like when people were saying like, oh, like you know, two point five is worse than two point like these are the things that I remember. It's like yeah, but you know. We don't remember how bad it was when like because like the reasonings like some of the underlying things that they're saying why it's better are at it taken to its like most extreme degrees like what we saw in 1.0 right mm-hmm. um yep. and it's like yeah i don't want to go back to that i'm 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 good like i like the <sighs> fact that we have more list diversity i like the fact that there's like more ambiguity about setups i'd like the fact that i don't have to remember like a 15 move opening or like take a 13 point bid in order to guarantee my win. Yeah. 
13 point bid i remember those yeah those were those were awful days no yeah um i definitely think there's still stuff that we need to fix or not yeah. not we we can't we can't fix it but <laughs> stuff that no AMG control needs, at all. <laughs> there's stuff that amg should probably yeah do a couple tweaks i'm hoping we don't go into worlds with you know exactly this point level like there's definitely a couple of things that I could yeah, see. There's enough time, right? There's enough bit. time to make yeah. another points adjustment, right? Even if it's like, yeah, because even because we we've did like two months now in this in this new meta, and so even if they go to like winter and it's like January, like that's six months. That's enough time to do a meta shift, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think there's time in the in the fall and winter for them to throw more points out. I'm hoping they do because I'd I'd like to get just not even not a big change because I mean the I they agree. gave us the big change after last worlds yeah i agree i think they um, just need some small adjustments good. let's let let's knock Han out of the meta so that other lists have a chance to shine and I mean, not even knock them out just maybe get them a little weaker. tone them down tone them down so that yeah you know that other other even within rebels other lists have a chance to shine right because i know we have some list variety but i think ultimately everyone has to think about han no matter what mm -hmm. um and that's yeah. not strictly healthy for a meta Yeah, I'd like a couple more uh, high tier lists. Yeah, you know, um, I'd like to, you know, maybe see Scum not be a joke faction for a little bit. That'd be nice. Scum is they have so... some good lists, but but yeah. uh, it's just unfortunately everything they do, other factions kind of do better right now. Sure. Like, sure. But they do have some good lists that I'm I'm like these. This is almost there. It's yeah. a good, it's like a B tier list, and it's probably one of their best lists, but it just needs to be a little bit better. You know, um, though Chris Allen was telling me in the previous episode of this podcast about um, the Mandalorian and the child being mm -hmm. actually good, and it just like because it because they dropped the points, right? And then suddenly yeah, now yeah. six points is like, oh, this is actually like legitimately interesting, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I totally forgot that that was a thing that exists. Because <laughs> I think we we all sworn off the faction, so I just I just stopped iterating, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I would like Scum to like see more play. Like I mean, I don't like Scum, but it doesn't deserve to be bottom bin, no no play whatsoever, right? We should yeah. still see it, it on the board. It is really tough to make seven factions all playable, so. You know, the fact that they're at like five and a half is pretty good. But sure. But but also, like, so you're you're right, but also I can't like give them a pass on it because they have successfully done it in the past. Yeah. Right. Yep. So so yeah. like the the fact is that there's a precedent for them doing it means that like you don't get a you don't get a pass just because you're not do because you're not doing it now because it's hard. Because you already did you're <laughs> you're capable of doing it, so you can do it again, right? Yeah, I would I would like to see them be a little a little more mm -hmm. interesting and, and yeah, get mm -hmm. them back on the field. But yeah, yeah, people don't even iterate on scum anymore, which is kind of sad. That's the real problem. It's not so much that scum is doing poorly, it's the fact that they're doing so poorly that people don't even want to try. Right? Cuz even yep. even CIS, which is also doing like historically not great. It's at least still getting iterations. Like there's still new lists coming up from CIS that are interesting, mm -hmm. right? And that potentially are good. But that's not even happening with Scum. You're just seeing like Yeah, you're seeing a couple of things, but not enough to not enough movement there to like really be like seeing like, oh yeah, like there's a 
there's still there's still hope you know yep yeah i don't i don't even think scum is necessarily like unplayable i actually think that scum could win events but the fact is is that they don't it's like much a much higher uphill battle for them than any other faction and yep, i agree it's, it's and, just harder for them to, to do it yeah no one is going to take put the work in or you know you have to be a sadist basically to like put the work in involved um to like to make it happen and you know for, from my perspective like my from my my neck of the woods like cam is like the scum player in in my in my space and if he gives okay. up on scum it's there's no hope it's no, it's it, it can't happen right um yeah there's there's stuff out there that seems like it'd be okay but yeah it's it's definitely you look at that and then you look at like a similar pointed chip for the for any other faction and you're like i, I think I, I sorry scum i'm i gotta go with this other faction like it's just <laughs> yeah. slightly better yeah so it, you it, can it, win with scum but it's, you're, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna work at it yeah you know it's bad when i look at dace dace bone arm and i'm bone like arm. Dave's phone arm, and I'm looking like Dave's phone arm with shield upgrade, and I'm like, wait, that's not bad. And no, and then I'm not. like, wait, what did I just say? A hawk like stat line, chassis line was not bad in this, in this faction. We are in we are in dire straits if this is like yeah. legitimately one of the best options in the faction. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm like, hmm, he's got, <laughs> I mean, he's got three attack dice and three attack dice, like. He can double mod his attack because he's, he's carrying got, a focus from the previous round. Like yeah, uh, and he's got he's got he's got you know with the shield upgrade he's got an X wing stat line. Like yeah, you know, it's so bad. You know, like, yeah, for like four points, not bad. Not bad. You yeah, know, no. is not bad. It's, it's kind of scary that Dace <laughs> is like one of the high performers of the faction. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, wait a second. What what am I saying? What am I saying? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who's building a scum list right now, and it's it's really stupid, but I super like it because it's like very on brand with what scum is, right? Um, and it might be competitive, not actually sure, but it might be competitive. <laughs> yeah. But um, no one knows what's competitive in scum because no one's trying anything. Yeah, it's true. That that's actually actually the true truth is like it's impossible to know if this things will win tournaments because no one re refuses to bring it. Yeah. Just, just um, make sure you play uh, Fen Rao with Burnout Thrusters. That's the only one thing that I'm like, this is definitely needs to be in like every scum really? list because Fen Rao with Burnout Thrusters, yeah, he's so good. I mean, I do like the slam on Fen Rao, but you think that that's that's better than like, because um, I mean, Beskar is like yes. mandatory. I don't, right? I don't even need you to finish the the sentence. Yes, mm -hmm. I mean, you get Beskar too, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because then you have yeah, three I left forget. over. Fearless, so it's like fearless, fearless burnout. Beskar. Yeah. You think that that is the that is the build? That Hands that down? is my fan build that I like the best. Yes. Okay. Like when when because yeah, me and Jeremy Chambly, we both spent a while playing with different scum things, trying to trying mm -hmm. to iterate and being like and bemoaning the fact that we had nobody else iterating, so we couldn't build off of anybody else's ideas. Mm -hmm. But. uh but yeah, that Fen Rao was the one that we both kind of, when we were trying out different lists, we were like, this is definitely the right one, is Burnout, Beskar, but Fearless. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I love it because I, 
I mean, I'm playing. I'm playing BBA post, so like, I, I'm I'm in on the, the the concept of one once per game slam, and like, you know, you can do actually like doing slam. Doing slam on a really fast maneuver is very good in two point two point five. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize how good. Um, it's also super amazing when you do a two turn into a two talent roll. Yeah, as your like that yep. is you the location you are then at is like your opponent's like what. Like where the hell and, did yeah. that would I end up? It's like and, you did and, a one you did a you did a one hard and then backed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. That's that's that kind of stuff is like insane and like I don't think people really understand how insane it is, right? Um mm-hmm. yeah, you're not using it as a get out of jail free card like like how Poe typically uses his once per game slam. Like usually Poe goes, oh crap! I ended up in a wrong spot. I need to slam to to keep alive. Like Fenrau is, I'm starting the game off by you know not not the first round, but you know I'm oh. starting the the this combat oh. in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I need. I'm gonna get in here and slam in here so I can get as much range of one fun as I can. By the way, start start murdering things. By the way, I think that also that the way that because I agree that's how people use Poe and Black One. But that's not how I use black one on Poe. That, like, that might not be the right way to use Poe yeah, and black yeah, yeah. one, but that, that is how yeah, people yeah. use Poe That's that, one. That is 100%. But like, the way that I use it is kind of the way that you use Burnout Thrusters on Fen. Like, I use it as an aggressive tool and a threatening tool to be like... Because mm-hmm. it, it can still be the get-out-of-jail-free card, but more often than not, what I'm doing is I'm using it to close distances that people are not prepared for, or I'm using it to put Poe in positions that the opponent really can't deal with, Right? Um, I'm using mm-hmm. BB-8 as my get out of jail freak. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, if you know, I just boost, I just barrel and boost too straight. And like, you're now in like a awkward place where you can't catch me. So you have to play conservatively. And then I just dip out. Right. I can do that without having to, uh, to slam. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, BB-8, especially on Poe, BB-8 is super interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, actually, no, I, I, I dig it. I agree with you. I think that Fen route is super interesting. You're making me think about scum now. Aha. Yes. Maybe, maybe we'll get more people, more people, yeah, looking at scum and trying to iterate off of them. Uh, yeah, so. it's not like they're terrible. They're just, they need a they're, little bit of a boost. Yeah, there's a, I think that the rework that they did do to it, I think the, I think the concept from AMG, and obviously I don't know this for sure, but like my, my intuition as a game developer is I think they wanted they wanted to do was set the stage for what scum will be by creating a new baseline for them. And I'm hoping that that they've taken all this data. Well, there's like really no not much data, unfortunately, but they're going to take the data that they've received and figure out a, and, and find the right thresholds to mm-hmm. um, really define the faction, because that's the other problem the factions always had is that it doesn't really define itself well, like in terms of in terms of what it what it is and how that fits into the, the rest of the faction in terms of game balance, um, it's always just been a bunch of random jank that like, like some like you know just different jank cycles in and out based on what the point values are. And that's not really a good way to run a faction, right? Yeah, um, yeah. They're definitely you know judging by what they made good or lower mm-hmm. points. Like they definitely were like, hey, please play more fangs and Mandalorians and stuff. So here we're mm-hmm. going to lower the cost of all the Mandalorians things. Mm-hmm. And, and I also think like, I, I, I think like to me, if I was AMG, what I would do is I would say, okay, 
Scum should be the large base faction plus a couple of fighters to fill, to support, right? Because that's like thematically kind of like what it is, right? Like it's a bunch of pirate ships that are like freighters that are like hauling cargo and carrying illicit shit and moving them back and forth with a bunch of mm-hmm. like, you know, f- fighter support that are like not really super good ships, but you know, they, they, they fill the, the ranks to like help to protect them as they do their thing, right? Um, so like if thematically you could make it so that it was like maybe one or two lar- like capital ships plus a bunch of like small base ships and that that is like generally the faction identity like in terms of structure and then it's just like which 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 capital ships with which kind of like bullshit that they've got to make that work to me that would be like sure. like a great like kind of faction identity right yeah um, no, that'd, that'd be yeah interesting like yeah you've got a yv666 and some some uh you know fighters and stuff to some mm-hmm. like yeah z95s or whatever yeah exactly that, that's your pirate fleet yeah yeah um because I do, I do, I do think. Because that's the other problem I have right now with the game as is, is that outside of basically, if the ship is broken, you cannot play a large base ship in this game at the moment, right? So, like Han is really Han is extremely like kind of overvalued, not overvalued. He's sorry, extremely it's, good. He's extremely good, yeah. so he's justified playing as a large base ship. And then there's you see some Ray sometimes and some rays, some rays. Po Falcon. yeah. Like yeah. it's it's very rare that you see another ship, large base ship. You'll see, you'll see like Doc Afra on in Scum. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I I see your point because those ships mostly will die. And yeah, they just ex- they, will they just probably, explode. They they might or might not get their point value before they die. And they and they but don't on and will they don't get contribute it. Like they don't contribute enough to the objectives. Um. It, even in assault, even in assault, it's like, like, yeah, yeah, I can hold that objective, that middle objective, like get three of them and like score points and maybe get six points. But if I, but if that ship explodes for holding one position for two turns, you, you're just base, you're just break even at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what did you actually accomplish? Not, not a lot, right? So yeah, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like large base ships have a disadvantage. Um, inherently because they are point sinks that are easy to kill, right? Um, and the solution is not to give them more health. Like, it's like, no, that it's not like you shouldn't make them more of fortress because that, that will skew the game in the other direction, right? Um, the solution is to make it so that, uh, that like taking multiple large base ships, um, is feasible, viable, maybe, um, just but, make Biston a neutral, like uh, everyone can take Biston. <laughs> everyone gets Biston and perceptive co-pilot, and then yeah, you'll you'll suddenly see a lot more large base ships in different factions. You know what's funny is that um is we were we were talking Chris and I were talking about we know how to deal with Han, and the answer was like we got to get rid of Biston because like he's the only he's the only one that lets you shoot you know that lets you do this thing. It's like completely you know broken. But so the, your answer is like, you know, just if everyone has broken tools and no one has broken tools. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is it is a problem piece. This one is actually a problem piece. But so is like not being able to play any large base ship in the game. Yeah. Realistically. Um, Make this in large base only. And uh, well, it's not like you see them on anything other than large bases. But yeah, make them mm-hmm. like... I don't know if anyone's playing Dash or or Lebo now. Like, 
make you know make Piston on, on yeah on Dash think, too whatever I think Dash is, Copilot everywhere. Well, I mean, like this, like Dash could not carry Piston Perceptive Copilot because there's no there's only one crew. Um, Change it. Give him another Change. crew or gunner or whatever he needs. Yeah, I think um, I think that well, so so Dash I think is actually good. Um, like I actually do think that there's a world where, um, like as a counter meta pick that you that you pick Dash because, um, it it is it has a very similar like kind of like effectiveness value to Han. It's maybe not as good, maybe slightly worse, but what it is good, it is really good at punishing the stuff that would punish Han. Mm-hmm. Right. So like okay. as a counter meta pick, I think it's actually good because like so you take like, Han and Dash. You can do that too. You can do that too. Yeah. Um, I think that's like also like instead of chopper, like instead of taking chopper, taking dash is like it's still four dice attacks, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. but you're like better value at range three. It's a little easier to control because like you don't need a big large base ship in the middle to like you know potentially maybe do damage, uh, and then I five doesn't hurt either, right? Yeah. Um, I do think that's that's possible as well. But like, but even if you just replaced Han with dash, I think that that is viable i don't know if it's better but it's viable and depending on how the meta shakes out uh it would definitely be worthwhile looking into i can't see replacing han with dash like that that feels like the wrong decision there well again as a as a counter meta pick right because like what's what's good about dash um is that he can he can shoot range three really effectively which is where han wants to be anyways right um, mm-hmm. And he and he and he wants to shoot obstructed, which also Han kind of like it flies around rocks a lot, so it's like going to happen more often than not. So you have a lot of you have a you have a very hyper focused single shot pumping in on a value target that you. I mean, if you have an opportunity sure, like to a, kill, you do right. But also Dash is like assassinating Han is what you're saying. Like you're, yeah, you're like just he, using to assassinate Han. He's a great sniper for Han, right? Um, or for anything, but specifically Han because Han puts itself into places where dash is like shining right um and then so if you have any other focus fire coming out on han now han's at risk of getting three cycled right you've got a four dice with juke coming in on han plus like uh, a torpedo from luke maybe and like you know you're that's eight dice coming in mm-hmm. on han in one turn that's not really what yeah. Han wants to see right on Han does not like getting shot like three times yeah yeah in a turn yeah so like oh and then so like the that's very interesting right because it's like oh like you know if you're worried about running to a lot of hans you think you're gonna run a lot of hans well let's take the han killer right or the thing that helps to kill han right um and it's not and if he's very equivalent to han but maybe slightly worse but very equivalent to han in other matchups then like i could see a case being made like you know as a counter meta pick like i put han in my list instead uh, dash into my list instead of han and I'm using it specifically to hammer other hand lists. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure I believe you, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> I, well, it's like I, I don't. I also don't know that anyone will because I can say this, and I've been experimenting with Han. I super like um, some of the builds that I've been making with him, but I also don't think people are going to be um, adventurous enough to really like try that theory out, even if it's out in the world, mm-hmm. right? Because I I one of the downsides of the homogenization of the X-Men community is that there's a lot less creativity once a bunch of established stuff has been established, right? 
Uh, people are not willing mm -hmm. to actively go and look for counterpicks. I well, think maybe, they, yeah, maybe in the future they will, especially as more people get uh, invites and they have nothing better to do until until uh, Adepticon. So they'll be trying yeah. out different things. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I'm not going to say that like counterpicks don't exist and they're de they don't show up. They definitely do, because in the last meta before the big point shut up, we had like three meta shifts, right? Um, based off of basically a list coming out of nowhere and like dominating after it's like, oh, yeah, actually, this is I mean, we already had one mini shift with with your list right when when it sh when it showed efficacy against han it's like oh uh republic is now back on the menu right yeah. and now yeah now no one like two big events in a row and yeah. now it's kind of falling off again now that people have got and you know enough experience against sure. it but but republic came back and now it's the thing that people mm -hmm. actually have to consider so like there's so i guess why it's a mini shift they didn't fully dismantle han but it at least separated into instead of being one meta like one one list meta it's like two list meta now like you yep, yep. you have to be prepared for both you have to be prepared for the padme arcs and you have to be prepared for han right mm -hmm. so and then and, and i would imagine that probably in the next couple of months we're going to see a third list show up that has an opportunity to deal with han and then we'll be in a somewhat equilibrium state for for a meta that'd be cool mm -hmm. okay well it is uh what time is it now 12 45 or so so yeah we got to the two hour mark I, i'm sorry yeah. for holding you up even for that i didn't i didn't mean to no worry. extend that long i'm just but... starting to fall asleep now so i'm I'm not going to be as very exciting to talk to That's as okay. i i'm having a great time off. so i'm really happy and thank you so much for for coming in and and talking with me yep yep i hope your uh your recording goes well me too i hope that uh you know i hope that we can do this again i hope you had a good time yeah no it was fun all right. So awesome, man. Um, uh, thank you again. I'm going to stop the recording. Uh, anything that you want to shout out or like, you know, maybe you want to like, you know, get let people know about that, uh, that is out there uh, at the moment. You should have gone to Nova open. It was really fun. I uh, should have. Yes. Well, maybe not you particularly. I'm talking you as a listener. Um, but yeah, no, everyone, but me everyone too. said it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, you too. Uh, but go to, go to your world open qualifier because the prizes are amazing and they go very deep. So even if you're not particularly a good player, you'll probably get something. You'll probably get many somethings. So go go to whatever World Open qualifier is near you. Assuming there, let's see, uh, if you're a U.S. listener, there's still PAX and Vegas and Guard Golden State Games, the the California one. Yeah. So there's still yeah. still three left in the U.S. Yes, I agree. Go out and play in tournaments, big tournaments. We got to remember that like the game is the best when you play it in person. And so get out there and get over the lethargy of like being online and just go and do it. Yep. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Paul uh, and the listener. If you're still here after two hours, I appreciate you. Uh, have a good night and I'll see you next time.